Welcome back to the State of the Ark podcast. My name is Mike. My name's Kason. This is our Xenogear story analysis, and today we are basically going to cover the entire Shabbat sequence, right? From when you arrive to when you leave. The whole Shabbat. The whole Shabbat. The whole Shabbat. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds right. Sounds like, um, a, like a saying. So we left off right after battling Maria uh, at the top of the Babel Tower. Yeah. But she was just testing us. She was just you know? testing us. Yeah. And then Shabbat flies over and you go inside. <laughs> yes. So there is a lot uh, to about the story and, and particularly about like kind of more world building type stuff, lore, um, what happened 500 years ago, these types of yeah. things that you glean from talking to all the NPCs. So I tried to talk to all of them. I can't say I talked to all of them, but I talked to a, a fair amount of them. Yeah. And there's some people. There's really a lot of stuff in there to break down. Really. So um, <clears throat> let's start, I guess, with when you first get in and Maria kind of leaves. She goes down like another hallway over here to the left side. I went after her first, and she goes into kind of the dock or the hangar where they keep her gear, which is yeah. called the Seepson. Seepson, yeah, yeah. That. Yeah. So Seepson and Octsen are two gears that her father was working on in Solaris. Yeah, which one was Seepson the first So Seepson is 17 in German. And Oxen is 18. is 18 in German. So oh, Oxen was, the, okay, was the one, the model after Was Siebsen. the one after. Yeah. Okay, okay, that makes and, sense. And well, we actually learned that her last name is Balthazar. I think yes. we might have mentioned this last and time. And we're like, where do, where, where do we That's remember that from? The old man. Yes, from old man Bal. Ave's like caverns down underneath the desert. Yeah, yeah. And so he was her grandfather. So right, and old, she's like, like surprised to hear about that. She's like, "Where was he?" And we're like, "I, I don't actually remember." It was like we filmed the sands randomly and yeah, came out of the cave randomly down there underneath underneath the sand. Yeah. So I guess just to put this in a clear focus here, old man Bal. His son is Nikolai, Nikolai Balthazar, yeah. who is like a like a scientist mm -hmm. and like um, an engineer in Solaris. They were taken there though; they weren't like from there originally. Yeah. So he was captured, like a lot of people are taken there. Mm -hmm. um, he tried to escape with his daughter, and this is what she tells you when you talk to her in the hangar. Right? She explains her kind of sad backstory. And in, she somehow was like impeding, like slowing him down or something. And so in order to get her out, he, he had her and the Siebson uh, gear yeah. sent away with the plans on how to build them. What, what was, I think they were threatening him with her. Like they were trying to get him to really jump kick his, his um, experiments. Yeah. And th I think she was potentially going to be used as collateral or something like that. Well, is that right? I can't remember specifically about that, but the whole purpose of this particular gear line that he was mm. constructing was that it's a, a merging of human and machine. So, that yes. so it's not like um, as a pilot, you have to input into a computer what for it to do. It's connected it's straight into your brain. And but also it said that Nikolai put the data or the information of the secret projects he was working on in yeah. that gear as well. Yes. And so, so that's that why they Solaris, want that it would gear. Be, yeah, Solaris, it would be taken away from Solaris. 
Right. Yeah. And I kind of wondered how that was going to go, but I think I figured it out. Yeah. So she basically explains all this. She ended up being rescued by Shabbat, and she's been kept there ever since to keep this gear away from Solaris. Yes, yeah. Um, and so there was one thing that I took note of, and it was uh, there's actually a couple of different times that this happens. Um, and I'm trying to decide whether to hammer on this now or to hammer on it at the point. I'll just start. I'll, 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 I'll implant the setup for my point later now. Sure. <laughs> uh, there's music that plays, a theme, uh, a musical theme, that plays every time Maria talks about her father. Oh. It's kind of this slower, somber, yes, uh, little many... That melody plays there the first time that she ever talks about her father, mm. and so it, it's a it's a it's a musical melody that is being used to attach to that character and particularly to that character's relationship with her father, and you hear it every time she talks about it. And mm. It's like three times in in this Shabbat section. Okay, just setting that up. Cool. Okay. Really like the music though. It's it's a great little piece. Um. <clears throat> So uh, we get some background on her there. Uh, now, there, gosh, there's so much to talk about. As far as the story goes, the main story goes, you, you go talk to Queen Zif, Zephyr or Zephyr? Zephyr. 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 I don't yeah. know how to pronounce that. You talk to her and she explains uh, that Shavat and Solaris were at war and that they're at this place where they have no, and we, we kind of touched on this last time, so I don't want to like linger on it too much. Right. Shavat and Solaris have the same gate technology right. that protect them from each other. Uh, they can't get at them and they can't get at them. But what she's worried about is that they, Solaris has continued to develop yeah. technology mm -hmm. in a very, through very immoral means, to the sense where Shavat really has, is at a disadvantage here. It's yeah. like, they can't attack us directly, but it's not like too much longer. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, Because eventually. we're not developing at the same rate that they are, that they're going to be able to overcome yeah. us or overpower us, right? So she's worried about that. She says, we need to find a way to defeat Solaris. Will you help us do that? Is more or less the conversation. And, you know, depending on who's in your party, if Bart's there, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm more concerned about Ave and, and Kislev and, and mm -hmm. getting rid of uh, Shakan or whatever. Right. But they let you think about it. So, like, you go rest or whatever, and mm -hmm. then you come back and, and Faye, because Wiseman is right outside the door there. Yes. And if you talk to Wiseman, he'll say, this is what your father would have wanted. He would have wanted you to join Savat, uh, Shavat and to fight against Solaris. So Faye, essentially, in the story, goes back to uh, 
Queen Zephyr and says, yes, I will help you. Right. Yeah. That's mostly the main plot of what happens up until the attack, but we're not going to talk about that yet. Because everything else surrounding that is yeah. like where all the really interesting Shabbat stuff happens. <laughs> so she says something interesting, though. Um, she talks about 500 years ago, and she said specifically everything that happened, it happened all because of that man. Yes. She's referring to somebody. And so my question is whether that man is in some roundabout way fate, or whether it was Graf, or whether it was somebody else that she's saying, oh, this one person ruined everything. Yeah. Um, but she's been around for 512 years. Yeah, she's been alive for an extremely long time. But every one person did a thing and ruined everything and made it so Shabbat had to, like, isolate, basically. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple scenes there, because there's what she, what she says to us, but mm-hmm. then there's what she says to, like, Gaspar and Wiseman when they have a really quick that scene. That is the them. most interesting scene <laughs> in the game so far. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll... I think we'll dive into that more, but first, let's build context around those conversations with what the NPCs say. Because there's a couple different areas you can go to. There's like the area that's right outside of the throne room, which is kind of like a circular area where there's the elevator in the middle. Yeah. And there's all these rooms along the outside and NPCs to talk to. There's like a Mm. library, there's like a a prison-like section. There's a couple of different rooms all around the outside. There's tons of NPCs there. But then you would also leave that area. You can go to another, like, more like the the capital, I guess is what you would call it. Like a village? Like, well, it's a village <laughs> in terms of the size of it, actually. But it's supposed to be a huge city. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it's a whole country. Alpha Aura is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a bunch of people there. And there's, like, a whole... Building full of choo-choos and yes, the choo-choos that was fascinating. Yeah, so um, I don't think we will have time or or even like the will to like go over every single thing that you can do everywhere. But there were some very specific uh, notes that I took on what some of these NPCs say that begin to put the picture together a little bit about this war 500 years ago mm-hmm. and and what happened and build some additional mysteries behind it that fill in pieces of the gaps that we know now but certainly don't completely inform us on what happened yeah. <laughs> right but it's becoming yes. a little clearer um so one npc talks about the um the angel there's a giant angel statue uh it, it, on, when you're at like the world map of Shabbat, mm-hmm. right? There's kind of like you know those red arrows or green arrows that point at places yeah. you can go. So there's Alpha Aura, and then there's the uh, like the dock, the elevator they take you down to the docks or the hangars, and then there's the white statue outside of the palace. Mm-hmm. And what he says is that large white statue of an angel at the entrance of the palace is a representation of a particular woman who sacrificed herself in that war 500 years ago. Yes. This seems like the um, Nissan woman. Okay, yeah. So you made yeah. the connection to Nissan yeah. where we talked in, to... Uh, in part because of their later discussion yeah. about... Um, give me a sec. Sophia. Yes. Where said her name is mentioned. Yes. And I'm like, yeah. And she was around at the time. Um, so yeah, it seems... And I also mentioned before, did, I, I didn't double check on this. Is that music that plays in Shabbat the same music from Nissan? 
Oh yeah, you asked me that before. I can't remember if that was it or not, and I forgot to I don't really think look so. back on it. Um, but we can check. Something about it reminded me of Nissan. So that specifically, there could like, have been a purposeful sort of um, maybe like supplemental arpeggio or something in there maybe. that was used in both or something like that to try to make the connection between the two. Yeah. Because the whole point is is that Nissan and Shavat fought with each other against Solaris in this war five hundred years. Ago. Yes. The idea they were allies for me thinking ether, ether, the, the ethos, ethos, the ethos is aligned with Solaris and Nissan was aligned with Shabbat. I don't know if that's specifically correct or not, but that's the way things are kind I of would seeming to me. That the ethos was established after this war. Um, oh, so after. Oh, like, like Solaris. Right after. So Solaris like right was away. like, I we need a way to control these lambs without like directly. You know, just to like throw them totally off of what we're doing. So the ethos right. was set up as like this, you know, uh, front through which the e- through which Solaris actually interacts with people on the surface. Yeah, but that was because of how badly the war hurt them. Right, like, we it, can't afford to have an uprising from the from the surface okay, again. Yeah. And I would say, in part, <clears throat> maybe that it would be was the ethos patterned after the religion of Nissan. Then no, I don't think so. Okay. Because if it was done later, and then Nissan, well, maybe there just was no religion in Javier Kislev. But I would guess that um, Nissan would be, at least in part, a reason why they were so upset and determined to put the ethos down there, similar to the way that the ethos was there to unite people or to possibly subdue people in certain situations um, that then they decided to make their own version of that. Something like that. Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. Um, the, another thought that I had, just for clarification, is that like the reason why Nissan, or Nissan being allowed to like continue, so to speak, the, way, the reason mm. that worked <laughs> is because they took all the records so, like, all the oh, records yeah. from 500 years ago were taken by the by Solaris and by the Ethos after mm. the war ended. So, nice, the current, like, Nissan doesn't really understand uh, what happened 500 years ago, okay. as that nobody else does. So, sense. they, anyways, Solaris took complete control over okay. what people know about this war 500 years ago. And right. the Church of Nissan was part of that. Mm. So, yeah. n- so, nobody really remembers what happened, right? Gotcha. Um, okay. Uh, oh yeah, that statue seems to be connected to Sophia yes, in some way. To yes, to Nisan and to Sophia. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> also, the original city of Shavat was on the surface. Mm-hmm. It was not always like a flying thing. Um, it, but it separated and it took off into, into the sky after the war with, Sol- with Solaris, after mm-hmm. the war had been lost. Shavat used a gate. And took off. And were they on a different continent? Um, I believe. Well, I'm not sure. No, they, they were near the Tower of Babel, wherever that's at. So the ah, Akavi region. Ah, okay. So down they were, there somewhere. Yeah, down there in that region, right? Because the design of it. I mean, just to put another parallel, the design of Shabbat is very similar to Nissan. Yeah. <laughs> Having the kind of the ring around it with the city in the middle, right. and then a place where you you can't really go. That's on the true. Sides. That's actually very true. Yeah. yeah. So another NPC says, yeah, they say this city used to be like any other city when it was on the ground 500 years ago, but after losing to Solaris, they launched just the palace block of the city up into the sky. Hmm. 
So that's what Shavat is. It's like the, the, the palace block, the, the central region of what was a much larger hmm. city on the surface. Um, and it has become now a haven for demi-humans and Chuchu in particular, right. the Chuchu people. Yes, the Chuchus. Because uh, Solaris obviously, like, through gene uh, manipulation, created mm -hmm. the demi-humans. Yeah. Uh, but obviously that was not what they were intending with that, uh, so with that research. Right. <laughs> they were looking for, like, a, a more perfect humanity. Yeah. Which was all part of time of the gospel and the resurrection of God, mm -hmm. like we talked about last time. That experiment did not work. And so they were then uh, shunned, and, and Shabbat took them in. So there's a lot of demi-humans in, in Shabbat for mm -hmm. that reason. Um, so if you talk to some of the Chuchus, they give you some of their uh, background for their people, right? Long, yeah, long ago. <laughs> yeah, long, long ago, the Chuchu tribe had a great big guardian god who could step over huge mountains in one step. The wondrous Mambo god. Yes, he was. The Chuchu tribe and the wondrous Mambo god lived happily together in perfect peace. Yes, we did. A dreamy, sweet existence, but one day a huge red fireball rained down from the sky and blew away our guardian god as he was asleep. Blam, kablam, boom. But don't worry, the great big guardian god uh, became a star in the sky. He protects the Chuchu tribe. Yes, he does. Um, <clears throat> well, that was likely the, the ship that crashed, right? Might have been. Might have been, yeah. yeah. That's actually interesting. Yeah, that could be. Showed up, killed all the Chuchu, <laughs> except for a couple. And when it says it became a star in the sky, I don't know um, what that would be referring to specifically, but Shavat is up in the sky, and it's, it's uh, keeps yeah. them safe. You know? I think the big takeaway from this is that Chuchus used to be really huge. <laughs> was it all of them or just one of them? It was all of them. Okay. And this is why later well, in the I read about the, session, the limiter and all this. The yeah. limiter, yeah. That's interesting. That connects a lot of dots here. Yeah. But based on the legend, it's like, well, there was one of them was really big and the other ones were Maybe not one as of them big, was bigger right? than the yeah. others, but they were all big. They were and, all big. And yes. when we get to the scene we're coming up to, which is kind of an infinite, infamous scene in Xenogears, <laughs> where Choo Choo fights against the oxen yes. and grows in size. Yes, and becomes it's quite It's mentioned big. that wise men removed a limiter mm -hmm. from this Choo Choo, which allowed it to grow to its natural size. Yes. So Solaris is putting limiters in what's called limiters uh, into people and demi-humans. Into and all sorts of things. All yeah. Animals and all sorts of things that keeps them from their full potential. Full a potential, of, yeah. A way of controlling, right? Yes. So these limiters. But then they can go in and remove limiters, and my guess is that they, there are certain people who are very powerful, and those are likely people who just have the limiters removed from them. Yes. Um, I guess the parallel would then be like humans having the potential of gods have a limiter put on us essentially by God that yes. we are limited in our uh, potential. Um, That's like the Gnostic. Despite being gods. Yeah, yeah, like the Gnostic. We have been um, limited in some way, right? The Gnostic uh, mythology, yeah. the Gnostic um, creation myth. That's how Yaldabaoth, like, right. that's what he did to Adam in the Garden of Eden, right? Mm -hmm. Was, he saw the potential of Adam, the, the breath of, uh, of, the mon of the monad in Adam and was jealous and so created like a prison. Like a constraint. Yeah, yeah. like a limiter, you could say, for, for Adam to <laughs> be yeah, in prison that's in the Garden the, of Eden. That's the, the yeah. parallel here. Could definitely see that as being an influence for that. Um, so anyways, uh, 
I also had a lot of questions as I was going through about like, okay, who and when decides who gets to come into Shavat and like how do they yeah, get Yeah, I've wondered there? that too because it's like, hey, and you're a demi-human. But do they like just go around and find yeah, the humans and pick and them up? Apparently, no one knows anything about Shabbat, right? Right, and so there's a few NPCs that fill in some of these blanks. Even that person from Shabbat was like, um, like I don't know how to get there. The I don't person, know how to contact them. Yeah, is what, you, what, she, what he yeah, said. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, one NPC says the usual pattern here is that many of the people uh, who are here in Shabbat now were almost eliminated for some reason. They don't know but were saved by the people here before they were doomed. Hmm. So usually these are people who were hunted by Solaris yeah. or rejects of Solaris or in some re- for some reason a person of interest to Solaris. Shavat will usually try to come in and grab those people away hmm. um, in a lot of cases. Um, and I think there's one line in particular that says Wiseman is kind of used for this. Like Wiseman is sent by the queen to sort of like grab people mm. and bring them to Solaris or to Shavat hmm. um, to protect them from Solaris. Who's and the, Maria was one of these people of interest, right? Because of the the Siebson I had heard technology. Yes, yeah, I had heard it something like wise men, like wise men are used to do this oh. kind of stuff. Well, and I then, then you have the Gaspar singular. and Balthazar. And yes, apparently the, there are several the wise men. men. There are three. <laughs> yeah, the wise men of the Bible, right? Um, and they all kind of, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, definitely could be a connection there. So anyways, that's what what Shavat's kind of doing. That's how people come to be there. Um, there's very few, kind of like in Solaris, there's very few purebred Solarians at this point. Mm-hmm. There are very few purebred uh, Shevites, I think they call them. <laughs> Shevites? I think they call them Shevites. <laughs> so... Um, do they still have like kids and stuff, right? Yeah. Okay, so my um, understanding that this is supposed to be a bigger city than, than what we see makes sense to me. Um, it just felt so, so very small. Yeah. I think, I think one of the issues that I have with this game in every city ever since Bladovic is that Bladovic was so cool <laughs> and felt so big and they did such a good job on it. And every city I've been to since, whether it was the city in Nissan or Kislev, actually, Kislev Nortun. felt big, Nortun, yeah. because of, um, you could only go a few certain places, but it felt big in part because of the, the way that it looked like, oh, here's some more places I can't go there, but I can see that it's there. When you're in Shavat, it's like a small little center place with two doorways you can go to, and then... I don't know, do people live in the rings around it? I would think so. Or, okay, well, that mm. would make sense. We can't go there, but it doesn't look that way. Yeah. But yeah. it feels very small. Every city we've been to since Bladovic, other than, I suppose, Nortune, feels feels a lot smaller. Yeah, I mean, and part of that is that this was just the, just like the central palace block of, yeah. the, of the original city, right? So that that's part of it. But, yeah, I mean... If I guess it, it doesn't really state like what the population of, of Shabbat right. is supposed to be. They have referred to it as a country in the past. Yes, which the is country kind of, of Shabbat, which is great. <laughs> kind of interesting. I mean, yeah. I guess there's no limit on what the size of a country can be. They're very small countries in the world. Yeah, but, that's true. but country gives the idea that it's independent, right? It's a sovereign. It's its own. Yes, sovereign. Which is what it place. is. Yeah, but. but the way that they don't have, like, I, I, I didn't love the way that it was brought up initially by um, Zephyr, that 
they can't. They have no means of defending themselves, really. Like, if we weren't there, they would have been totally screwed. <laughs> but, and then it turns out that, like, Wiseman's super powerful. What was he doing this whole time? And there's some other wise men who are presumably also extremely powerful. What are they doing? Um, and how has Shabbat ever managed to defend themselves this whole time? Well, but then we show up, and it's like we are their only defense. The, 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 it feels the like way it's just that, a small little group of people. I see this is that they were once powerful when mm. they fought Solaris, but the loss of that war was I- incredibly devastating. It's like right. they lost their ability to fight back, and the on- their basically Correct. their only their only ability all they could do was run away in the gate. But like Solaris grabs all of the smartest. People, right. all the smartest engineers, all yes. the smartest scientists. But, but what do they the do with them? It's been 500 years. They've got the best people, and they well, have no no influence, no power. No, 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 no. Shabbat doesn't grab them. Solaris grabs them. Oh, I thought you were saying Shabbat does. Shabbat was what tries does. to to get them, but Solaris, but Solaris has way does more quicker. Has yeah, uh, the no, vast majority of people of interest who could help them develop further are swallowed by Solaris. So then Shavat just takes kind of the leftover. Well, people who escape. The, yeah. Or, and again, they have a group of wise men, just a few people who are out there trying to like yeah. keep an eye on this, and they try to get whoever they can. But I mean, it's like Solaris. Right. For a huge the most imbalance. part, yeah. There's a huge imbalance that was created by the fact that Solaris actually won this war. Yeah. So, Shavat could be something along the lines of like Switzerland, <laughs> and Solaris is is Nazi Germany, <laughs> whereas sure. they're like Switzerland's like surrounded by mountains, relatively protected. They remained mostly neutral throughout the whole war. They right. they didn't actually get invaded, um, but they were like almost invaded like the whole time. So yeah, I wonder. I guess I guess yeah, <clears throat> yeah that might be a good way of putting it. Um. So let's see here. A couple other uh, interesting pieces of dialogue from NPCs here. There's uh, several different mentions from, well, there's one from a choo-choo, and then there's one from this guy in, like, the tavern bar or whatever where this jukebox is mm-hmm. in Alpha Aura who mention the symbol of a broken mirror. Yes, right? I do. I, I did talk to some people um, So I think what this person says is, broken mirror, a million shades of light, the old echo fades away. But just you and I can find the answer someday. I, I felt like these were song lyrics. I did. Could be. I, I did. Um, I do remember this actually, yeah. A distant promise, a poem composed long ago. Can you find the answer which supposedly exists somewhere? And then there's a, there's a choo-choo in like the main palace area who says, You humans are truly unusual beings, aren't you? You're all like shattered fragments of a mirror. Hmm. So this brings up the, the symbol that we've seen every time you get in a battle too. The, the screen breaks and shatters like mm-hmm. a mirror, right? right. And uh, we know that uh, the type nine that Faye's personality in uh, is fears fragmentation and seeks wholeness. Yes. It's kind of like their whole thing that they want for, for their personality type, right? So this is very much all being woven into the the theme of the game, which yes. is how to find a sense of wholeness, how to find psychological wholeness, spiritual wholeness uh, in your life, and, and to put the pieces together of your broken psychology. Because everyone yeah. in some way or another 
doesn't you know everyone suffers at different levels there's sliding scales and some people can go through something really horrible and not be nearly as damaged as someone who goes through something that's right. not so bad but that just really broke them so everybody's different right it, yeah. comparing suffering is never a great idea the point is everybody has has been broken somehow <laughs> yeah somehow and seeks for wholeness and this game is sort of like pitching this out like what is the path to wholeness how do you find that yeah so I was uh, actually a week ago or so I was reading some stuff from Carl Jung and I actually did find a really interesting line that relates to this specifically yeah Um, because and this is about as um, what's his name red warrior man was revealed to essentially be id yeah um, that it's it feels kind of weird calling him id. I feel like he corresponds better to Jung's shadow, the idea of the shadow, right? Oh. You're like altered rather self than Freud's the id, negative Jung's altered shadow. Self. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like because um, Jung Jung's shadow is well, okay, within Jung's like idea. I'll just read what I wrote here because this <laughs> okay. is fascinating. Um, uh, okay, so id, of course, though, that doesn't answer the most pressing question I have about him, but he's the id. Okay, fair enough. It seems the developers used a mixture of Jung and Freud in the combination of the id and the shadow. It's worth noting that the concept of wholeness in Jungian psychology is that it lies behind the shadow. Mm. So you have to get past your shadow in yes. order to achieve wholeness. That's right. the idea. Um, only in overcoming your own shadow can you integrate yourself into a complete whole. Uh, the shadow is the barrier. It is the dragon you must face. Behind the dragon lies the anima that must be rescued. The anima is the princess whom the dragon keeps captive. You must overcome your own shadow to rescue the anima of your personality, the positive feminine within you, in order to obtain the treasure that lies beyond, which is the wholeness of the self. Right. Yeah, that that's was we that's talked about that back in the anima, animus episode we did, um, where if you don't develop that inner opposite, whether it's anima or animus, mm-hmm. it becomes part of your shadow. And the yes, shadow then, exactly. then uh, abuses those who are uh, the opposite of you in the real, it, it comes out as um, in very negative ways. Yes. So, you know, if, you, if you're a man who has not developed your anima, mm-hmm. you're gonna treat women really badly. If you're right. a woman who has not developed your animus, you're gonna treat men very badly. It becomes yeah. part of your shadow, that, that inner opposite melds with the shadow and it becomes a yeah. very negative thing. And you have to be able to separate them and and um, isolate the shadow and, and defeat the shadow within your own subconsciousness. And that's yeah. um, that's why I would probably say the id makes a little more sense as the... Um, as the shadow. As the shadow as it's, opposed to the yes. id. Um, but yeah, this idea of, of, of wholeness, it was so funny because with reading Jung, he was literally talking about wholeness and yep. I was just like, this is great. This is it, 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 <laughs> he was all about wholeness. Yes, and uh, and so yeah, that's this has really been built into like the kind of the yeah. central theme of the game. And I think the idea with Jung is that the self, uh, a self, is a mixture of persona and shadow and anima and ego and you know the collective unconscious. Everything all together makes the self. Yeah. It is, but they're all different people technically. They're all yeah. not technically, but. Sort of. <laughs> Mentally. In a, in a weird way, they're all different people. And they, they're all separate parts of you that are essentially yes. fragmented parts of you. Yes. That until you can put them all together in an orderly manner, you don't even really have a self. Yeah. Right? The self is the whole of everything. But you're just the ego trying to figure things out, you know. But a self, you're, yeah, a self is like 
Ego when everything is, fits together correctly. Ego is one right? fragment of the yes, whole. Yes, it's just a part. It's not the whole thing. Mostly in charge and can try yes, to find how to piece these other things yes. together. It's the hero that must seek the, yeah, collect the Dragon Balls and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> resurrect the whole into whatever. Right. So that's the idea. But it's, it's, um, it's like, it's, it's core Jungian stuff. I thought that was fun. Yeah. Uh, another NBC said something really interesting. You might be able to find something that can solve your troubles and sadness, but fate can be cruel sometimes. Don't forget that. And why do humans hate and hurt each other? Everyone lives under the same blue sky. Will there ever be any relief from the pain of losing what was precious to us? When will it be, or when will it be the day we can understand what all of this loneliness and sorrow is for? So <clears throat> a lot of that is kind of part of the process, right? It's the suffering that, that the grief, the, which is another really big part of this because a lot of these characters have had some kind of like really traumatic thing. This mm -hmm. grief, this sorrow that is sort of like uh, fragmented their psyche. Yeah. And that is kind of like the, um, uh, what would you call it? Maybe like the inciting point of, of, mm. of their journey towards that psychological wholeness. How do I now, to after re having gone through all this, how do I put it back together? How do I create purpose out of this? Right? Yeah. Like when, when will the day come... Uh, uh, will there ever be any relief from that pain of losing what was precious to us, you know? Yeah. Uh, why do we hurt each other instead of helping each other, you know, to find that, that wholeness and that purpose? Um, that reminds me, there's another place within Shabbat you go to that's essentially like a, a, a room that's been destroyed. That yeah. like a, yes. a mortar or something blew up in it. And mm -hmm. you can tell there's like a kid's bed or there's, there's like some a rocking stuff there. Horse. Yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. And you walk up there and... Um, I think, well, Maria comes I think it was in. Maria, yeah, mm -hmm. and she tells you, um, like, hey, because it seems like this happened recently, right? So yeah. you walk up and you're just like, what, what's going on here? And Maria's like, oh, uh, you found the, the place. Well, we keep it like this. This happened 500 years ago. This mm -hmm. is forever ago. But we, you know, we purposefully did not fix it um, as a reminder to everybody of what war is like, of how bad things can be, mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And so part of Shavat is not whole, but on purpose it's not whole. And that, that missing piece of Shavat, which was this room or this area, is purposely kept that way so that people um, can, I guess, have a reminder. It probably has some religious significance as well since it hasn't been touched. It, it would have some, like, maybe even like a pilgrimage. You go up to the room and you sure. just remember the things that happened hundreds of years ago, way before you were born. Yeah. Um, and... They probably have people to dust it. And <laughs> um, but uh, that was that was interesting. That was very interesting. Except it happened so long ago that it made me kind of detach very quickly from what had happened. Because as soon as you go in there, it's like, whoa, something's going on right now. Mm -hmm. uh, but as soon as you find out this has been this way for 500 years, you, you lose the personal impact of the scene, I suppose. Um, not say it should have been any different, but that my initial feeling was... Well, that's, something, and it was very quickly shown to not be a problem. That's kind of just the, the problem with, I mean, the people who suffer through it, they want to always remember, right? They, they want monuments yes. built. They want things to, to but like yeah. the people who weren't there and who never experienced it, it's yes. never the same. And it feels it's old. Just, it's just yeah. seen as a tradition, but they never felt that same grief or loss or pain. And so it's right. like they can't really... Which remember is, it the way that the monument is built, yeah. the, the purpose for which it's built for, right? And in, in some sense, that's why it's built, because people won't remember it, which means 
it happens again. Yes. Because the people don't take the precautions, they don't think it's that big of a deal, and they're just like, what is this broken building in the middle of nowhere? Kind of like what I was thinking after I found out what it was, like, what? just fix it up, guys. Just, just make it a thing. <laughs> because but you weren't there, you didn't Because I wasn't it. there, and I didn't <laughs> learn about it. It's not part of my culture and all that stuff. But, um, like, I've been to Hiroshima, yeah. for example, and they, they left up. The, there was a domed building uh, that the atom bombs exploded directly over that domed building, and you still see the skeleton, the steel skeleton of it. So if the bomb had exploded next to it, it would have blown the whole thing over. Mm. Uh, but it exploded directly above it, and the downward force, apparently the structure was strong enough to, to still stand, although stripped of all the bricks, and everything was gone, but the steel like frame was still standing, and then the whole city was wiped out. But it's still there to mm. this day, and I was able to go and see that. And that's, like, it is powerful, but at the same time, it's, it's you know, I'm, I'm an American. It, it just, it's, it Not feels, it, it, yeah. And you, you try as hard as you can to try to get people to remember. It's, it's really, it's, it's impossible to do once the generation that experienced it has passed on, right? Yeah, and the it more generations that, that come, it's like, it, the thing that they're trying so hard to mm. help you remember so you don't repeat, is bound to be repeated anyways. It will guarantee it Because again. people will just have no attachment yes. generations down the line. And despite how hard you try, it, it, yeah. That's just, that's always been kind of the cycle yeah. of humanity is keep repeating the fetching same <laughs> Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then that generation learns and they become the great generation. Yes, yeah, then there's the <laughs> the good ones and then they tell everyone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying it wasn't powerful. It was very powerful being in the, the Hol Nuclear Holocaust Museum in Japan. It's just, you know, being there, man, would have been a whole different thing. Living through that, knowing people that died. Yeah. But anyways, that that still was a good scene, I think, overall. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, one thing I forgot to mention about Zephyr, Zephyr, no. is that uh, she tells you she's over 500 years old. Yeah, she's old. 522. And a lot of the, the pure Shemites yeah. were also given this life-extending... I don't know if it's a serum or if it's... They had the limiter taken off. Or something. <laughs> I think it's the limiter. It's their, the telomeres uh, were they, they underwent some sort of life-extending treatments, right? And so she yeah. says, we're required to continue living until the final day approaches. Because of one man, to continue living, this is our atonement for that tragedy 500 years ago. So it's like they did something wrong. Yeah, and this is where you start to see there are they many NPCs wrong. who admit that Shabbat did something very wrong 500 yeah. years ago. This led to this downfall. It almost feels as though the issue is um, that people will forget, and so these people purposefully are living so long oh. so that nobody forgets. Can. At least a few people will not forget. Yeah. You and you need that. Otherwise, everyone will forget, and it's all it's all for naught. Yeah. You need people who can last through that long. Also, the, the punishment of, of extra long life is fascinating, but it is found in the Bible of um, Cain. Yeah. When Cain kills Abel, his punishment was not death or what torture or anything like that. It was, you will live forever. That was his punishment mm. um, because of what he did. So there's probably something like that going on here as well. Mm. And that's when they called him the... <clears throat> well. Master and, Mahan, which means you know, we, we talked about how confusing it can be to decipher who they're talking about when they call they or him or that man or one man or they whatever. They start doing that for she now, too. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. So That one's not as hard to figure out, though. Um, I'm going to just clarify here that 
based on also some of the NPC dialogue and stuff, mm. they're starting to talk about Krellian when they're talking about the one man and the atonement from 500 years oh, ago really? and stuff like that. I mean, I was um, aware that Krellian had been around for a long time. So there's one NPC that I you thought talk for sure to. it would be us, though. There's one NPC that you talk to. I didn't copy down exactly what yeah. they say, but they talked about Krellian giving Shavat its gate. Hmm. And that Krellian was the one who set the things up as they are set up right now. <laughs> now, you're going to need to give me a reminder on who Krellian is. Krellian is the one who is... Uh, like, he like operates he's, separately, he's, right? He's the one he who, does his own he, thing. He's the one who basically uh, kept the consciousness of the Gazel Ministry inside of the machine. Yes, and he's he the made one who, that. Like, he's the one who really has the upper hand in the Solaris yeah, right now. Yeah, and he, what, does he have like he a drives, big ship? He drives the, the fishbowl. Oh, the fishbowl. the squid That's ship, he the squid trap ship. The octopus trap. trap ship. Yes. That's Krellian. That's Krellian. He's got kind I of like a that. yellow or gold costume and, and gray... Okay. Longer hair, and um, he attacked the Thames with that big fish. And he ship. let all the wills out, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I remember now. So, Krellian is apparently the person who set up Shavat with their gate. Um, the the next NPC next to that one. So there's two people talking. So I, I kind of took this as they were talking to each other and you're just kind of listening. In. Mm. Uh, the second NPC says that uh, Krellian once fought. With Bart's ancestor, uh, Roni Fatima. I yes, I, I remember reading about Roni. And Queen Zephyr against Solaris. Hmm. So Kralian was once fighting against Solaris in this war 500 years ago. Now he is essentially in control of Solaris, <laughs> right. it seems. Yeah. At least in control of the, the ministry. And they keep talking about, by they I mean Queen Zephyr and people of, in Shabbat about some yeah. sort of mistake they made that they're atoning for and that Krellian seems to be... Okay, let me read it again. Let me read what she said. We were required to continue living until that final day approaches because of one man. To continue living, this is our atonement for that tragedy 500 years ago. So Krellian fought with Queen Zephyr. Yeah, she was on there. And was on their Roni Fatima. And they also are they did forever. something that they need to atone for, and yeah. he kind of set it all up. Right. Krellian did. Okay. And then he got his limiters removed too. <laughs> <laughs> um, another NPC you talk to, you go into a door and talk to this one. She's like an older woman, and she's like, "Oh, don't listen to me. I, I'm not supposed to know all this stuff, kind of thing." <laughs> but <laughs> it's always old people. Every say old that. person says that. <laughs> She says the Queen Zephyr is guilty for some kind of betrayal that happened 500 years ago in the war with Solaris. Um, there's some kind of tragedy in Nisan, or in Nisan, and Nisan was started by Sophia, we know. Yes. So, and, and she was, we've, both in Nisan and here, we've talked about some figure, and we, who we can point to Sophia, mm -hmm. uh, making some kind of self-sacrifice. Yes. To, in this war that happened. And Queen Zephyr, Zephyr, I have no idea how to pronounce it, is is being is said by this NPC to have been guilty of some kind of betrayal there. Okay. Cool. So we're slowly putting pieces into this that will come into much clearer focus later. Okay. Um, we also learned that Khan, who was who is uh, Faye's father, 
was sent on some kind of mission from Queen's Zephyr. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, so Khan and Wiseman are, are both yeah. on missions to the surface from Shabbat. And they're both unlimited people. Y- yes, seems so. <laughs> <laughs> um, then you find that Yui and Midori, Saiten's family, are here in Shabbat. Did you find them? I found, well, I know Midori because she shows up and she does talk. Yes. I don't recall meeting Yui, though. Yui is in the, the same room. She's yeah. cooking or something. Yeah, and I was wondering about that specifically. And I was, because I was like, Midori. But I swear Midori had been used in other places as well. Midori means green in Japanese. Yeah. Not that that's important, I don't think, as far as I can tell. Well, the last time we saw them was in Lahan Village. Okay, like so it would have been forever ago. Satan's, Satan's and Yui house. made us a meal and all that stuff. Yes. Um, but yes, and Midori shows up later on as well, though, in, um, in the fight. I think... And so this is something I'm probably going to um, make an addendum video in and insert it into that, I guess it's two episodes ago, oh, okay. where I talked about, oh, these kids can't talk. It was, it was not, I, I misspoke by mm-hmm. saying they cannot speak. <laughs> it's that they just don't. And that they have some kind of psychological telepathic ability. Yeah. So they use that, but it's not like they're incapable of speaking. Okay. When I said they can't speak, I didn't mean they're incapable. I just meant that really that they just don't. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) So anyways, but there's there's a choo-choo in there that says, um, oh crap, what did it say? Oh, I didn't copy down what it says, but basically it says something like uh, Midori talks so much, (laughs) right? Which is like, what are you talking about? She never talks. Yeah, it's the weirdest Um, thing. She does say a couple words. I think she says here like choo-choo is my friend or something like Mm -hmm. that. Something really brief, and there's a lot of dots in there. Yes, everything she says is like dot, 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 everything. Yeah, but Choo Choo, my friend, or something mm. like that. And then Choo Choo's like, oh, Midori, she, she talks all the time. She has so much to say. Mm. But then says, it's like she thinks it, or, or, or just, you know, I can just know her thoughts. Hmm. So this is the first time we get like a, a direct, um, like more like on the nose, like revelation that Midori is telepathic somehow. Okay, yeah. Yui, on the other hand, reveals that she was born in Shavat. Hmm. So that's how she got here. She, But the thing is, is that she was in Lahan Village, and she's like, okay, after this, I'm going to take some of these survivors. We're going to go up to Shavat. She knows how to contact Shavat somehow, mm, but yeah. the like the agent of Shavat, of Shavat doesn't, doesn't know. know how Has to contact no Shavat and get back in there. So there's huh. a little confusion for me that's as to like, why that would be. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe Yui climbed freaking uh, <laughs> Babel Tower. I doubt I don't, it. I don't think so. I Not with all it. those Lahan villagers. With all those people. But she had a way of contacting Shavat somehow, I guess. Yeah, that crazy. they would not have given to. Uh, I mean, the, the only... If I'm going to turn my own wheels and figure out a way. Like, this person was captured. So maybe the device was taken off of them that they would use. The, and they, oh, that's lost sure. Now and, yeah. now th- and maybe I mean, you maybe. had one. But that's me inventing a reason. That's, yeah. that's not, <laughs> that's not explained at all in the game. game. <laughs> that's funny. So anyways, Yui is from Shavat. Saiten was from Solaris. Uh, so they were both in these floating cities yeah. and they came down to Lahan together. And met and then had Midori. Yeah. Um, so there's a prison 
uh, here in Shabbat, which is really interesting. Uh, they, they talk about how it's not in use at all anymore. Mm-hmm. It was like a, a relic of their past, something they used to do that they're all very ashamed of. Now they just have D-block. <laughs> <laughs> and people can do whatever they want. <laughs> and there's an orphanage there with kids. <laughs> yeah, they, I guess they just don't have uh, any crime going on in Shabbat. Uh, Interesting. I don't know, but they don't really use their prisons and they're very... They're very uh, embarrassed or ashamed of the, of what they that did they in this prison prisons? 500 years, or what went down in there okay, in particular. Okay. Um, <clears throat> you know, remember how ashamed they feel about something that happened 500 years ago, right? Sure. So in that prison area, there's an NPC that alludes to this tragedy in Isan uh, and how the higher-ups can't hide from what they did. It's, and she, she's like, oh man, you know, like all of this is a reminder I remember mm. reading, a lot of the issue I have with the NPC dialogue is that I just didn't understand, like, hardly any of it. But this kind of That's thing, yeah, higher-ups. Xeno gears for you. So they're complaining <laughs> about the higher-ups, but then also saying that they have no crime. And it's like, are you complaining about a system in which there's no people in your prisons? That's, <laughs> you can't have nothing to complain about. Hey, they're complaining about what they did 500 years ago. I <laughs> Not know, about but... what they're doing now, but... <laughs> Well, and maybe See, the maybe fact th- that they're trying maybe. to bury it somehow or that they're not atoning appropriately or that they haven't done enough yes, or there something is like something that. something like that. But maybe this is the problem with having people who remember your past so well yeah. is that they're constantly... There's no there's Remember, no remember, and, and it's no like... No well, forgives, right? You, well, you can never get past it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, further down, there's another woman. There's like a larger cell. So they have all these like smaller cells in a row. And then you go further down, there's a really large cell. And there's a woman down there um, who says that there was that woman who was held 500 years ago but set free by a traitor. Um, And so there was somebody of interest Mm. that was held in that prison. And then a traitor of Shavat came and got that person out of that prison. Um, And that Shavat has been paying for a crime for 500 years. Uh, and then she tells us not to go down the path of the traitor who, who was drowning in hatred and love. So okay. we've got... Let's try to like piece this together based on what we know so far. Zephyr and Roni Fatima from Ave and Sophia from Nisan and Krellian... <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, they were all part of a war against Solaris. They were all united. So you had at least Ave, who knows about Kislev at the time, I'm not sure. But Ave, Nisan, and Shavat were all allied. And these were the people of interest. Kralian and Zephyr and Sophia and Roni Fatima, as far as we can tell. Kralian seems to have been betrayed. And there was some kind of tragedy in Nissan that led to Sophia's sacrifice or demise or something like that, Mm -hmm. that Shavat has been paying for ever since. And there was a woman, that woman, who was held in Shavat, in a prison. And they're they're all ashamed of their prison system from that time. And then some trader came in and let her go. We don't know who these people are yet. Okay, who they're referring to. But this trader was drowning in hatred and love. There's another NPC who says that which the Gazelle Ministry of Solaris desperately seeks is the 12 anima relics created by God's wisdom. 12, huh? 12 anima relics. 
The merging of an animal relic and a gear can produce an omni gear, but the subjects must be suit, uh, in suitable synchronization or else the transformation will not occur. Some of the animal relics have been discovered, but there are still more left undiscovered sleeping deep in the earth. Even we have been devoting much of, uh, to the search, but to no avail. So there are these relics called the animal relics. There's 12 of them. They can be paired with a gear to produce what's called an omni gear. Yeah, a bara, gear bara. Yep. And so uh, you can think of the animal relics as some kind of like power source, like almost like an infinite power source or something. Sure. That gets paired with a gear and it turns into this ultra powerful omni gear. So any gear but, could become well, an omni gear if it had. I don't know about that. Okay. They don't say any gear. They say a gear. <laughs> oh, sure. so okay. I don't. I don't okay. know. I don't. I'm just saying I don't know about that. But the the point is is that the Omni gear will only operate if the person piloting it is in proper synchronization with the gear. Sure. So it's not just anybody who can pilot an Omni gear, right? Right. The fact that there's twelve, though. I mean, when we talk to Old Man Bell and he's like, "This is the Omni gear," um, but there can be multiple Omni gears. Yeah. <clears throat> it seems right. Yeah. And they even, uh, some of these other people, I think these NPCs were in like the library section. They're talking about how um, there is an Omni gear hidden in Ave. So it's, it's the Fatima royal treasure that earlier in the story, remember Bart was like, yeah, because the, the, they have the, um, the two parts of the, uh, what's the relic called? The Jasper. Jasper, I was not gonna. The I was Jasper. nowhere close to that. So the Jasper, which the Fatima Margie Jasper. has half and Bart yeah. has half, opens the way to the secret Omni Gear, which right. is the Fatima Royal Treasure. They they assumed it was a, a powerful gear of some kind, but these people in Shavat are uh, confirming that that's an Omni Gear. So it's it's For it's sure. a, it's an Anima relic paired with a gear. Okay, so there's twelve of those. Yes. Interesting. Okay, we also learn about this uh, group called, like is an army, called Diablos, uh, that nearly wiped out all of humanity. So this was also going on during this war with Solaris. You have the Shavat, Nisan, Ave alliance Mm. against Solaris, but then there's also this like other third party army called Diablos, (laughs) which nearly wiped everybody out completely. And this was, uh, only Omni-Gears apparently were able to stop them. Mm. So these Omni-Gears that are uh, paired with the Anima Relics, right, these were the only things that could stop or put an end to this Diablos army. (coughs) And then, of course, one of those is uh, the Fatima Royal Traitor. Okay, interesting. So there's another element to some of the craze that went on uh, back then. Yeah, I just, I don't understand basically <laughs> any of this, so I don't have much to say. <laughs> um, okay, so that pretty much wraps up most of like what I wanted to touch on. At least some things can, can hopefully be a little bit held on it or retained yeah. in your memory a little better yes. for the reveals later so it won't feel like, wait a minute, who's this and who's that? And okay. Krellian was in Shavat and what? And like Omni Gears, what's that? And, <laughs> you know, Diablos, I don't remember hearing so that. So there were some hints that I would otherwise have missed, were they not? 
Yeah, it's just there's it a lot of um, yeah. NPC dialogue here that cool. kind of like brings up terminology that hopefully you can retain for later, right? Yeah. Um, so when you go to report to the queen now that, okay, yes, we're going to help Shavat against yeah. Solaris, um, there's basically an attack that happens. There's an intruder. Yeah, the alarm shows up. Um, there's an intruder who does some damage to the potency of Shavat's gate. Yeah, their their shields go down like half. Yeah, it's like seventy like percent yeah. effective or something like that, and yeah. um, and so it's like oh crap, there's somebody snuck in. Well, it's and revealed later how this was possible because at first we go down there and we see what happened, but it's like how this doesn't make any sense. But later on, I think it's Billy mentions that the Shavat brought the Yggdrasil up. Yes. To its place, mm-hmm. and in order to do that, had to disable its shields for like two yes. seconds. And somebody and then got in. That's when somebody got in. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, I was like, man, this should be happening every day. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Solaris could just sneak in whenever they want. Yeah. Uh, but this was a specific event um, that gave this individual this the, person, ability the ability to, to sneak in. in. Yep. Yeah. Um, almost like it was part of a plan or something like that, right? Um, I um, guess it had to have been done, like, right then, right? <laughs> so, interesting. So, they, the, the intruder is in the hangar where the Seepson is. Yeah. And Maria's like, oh my gosh, like, no, I gotta go down there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're a 13-year-old girl, you can't go fight against some, like, elite Solarian, like... Yeah. <laughs> this is when they bring up, Gebler like, person. you are... Um, you have a very powerful gear, but in and of yourself, you're yeah. not. You're not powerful. And at all. so, Faye offers to go with her and yeah. protect her until they can get into the hangar. It's just like, oh well, if you're if you're willing to do that, you know, please help. Um, and then, so you leave somebody behind, and Maria comes into the party. Um, now, this is something that I found funny. It's part of the abstraction of turn-based JRPGs, I guess. Mm-hmm. But Maria has a. a an ability called Robo Beam. Okay, yes. Um, which I was using because her hand-to-hand combat skills suck. It's really bad. <laughs> but you're like going through these, because you try to go down the elevator to the hangar, but it's blocked. So you have to like take this other yeah, roundabout we have to get way around. to climb yeah. down to that area. And you're fighting in battles in this dungeon as you're heading on the way down. These little thin corridors. No, no, she, it's kind of funny. It, this move though, Robo Beam, she calls the Seebsen in to like fire. <laughs> Like you know, a beam of energy and destroy the enemies. It's that's like hilarious. the whole point of this mission is that we're going down to <laughs> rescue <laughs> to make the sure Seepsen. The Seepsen, yeah. Anyways, just that's funny. hilarious. Just funny. Um, so we get there. Yes. And it's Dominia. Dominia is and the one. She's funny because she just, it's like she was just walking around. She just happened to be right there at the time and she goes, is that the Seepsen? What in the world? <laughs> But hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab this and take this back to Solaris, yeah. right? So apparently, you know, the higher ups knew about this research and knew what they were looking for. They've been searching for this, right? Right. So, uh, and that's right when we show up. Um, is it Satan? I can't remember who it is, but somebody was saying, "Hey, she can't." I can't remember who it was, but it was saying she can't she can't pilot this thing anyway. Right, it's even Jesse, if she tries, Jesse comes and in. Jesse comes in. Yeah, he says, "Yeah, you can't pilot this anyways." I don't know exactly what Dominion was gonna do, but she thought that she was gonna be able to use that Steal to get out. It. Yeah, it would have been great if they just let her get in, and then she'd have been <laughs> trapped, <laughs> and then they could take her in or do whatever. But Jesse's almost just like 
telling her to go home. It's, it's almost like yes. they don't care to capture her. It's just like, and okay, get out of here. Like, go, go away. away. Yeah. <laughs> and they knew each other very well, apparently. Yeah, because um, she recognizes him as somebody who used to be in like uh, consideration. As, he like, was going to be what the Gambler leader. Yes, the Ramses. Yeah. But he stops her from saying something that yeah. um, I wish he didn't stop her from doing. Because as soon as she sees Maria, she uh, is like, Oh, do you want to hear a story? And she's got this big, long story about her father, basically, that she's telling. And she has nefarious purposes, but whenever you hear a story like this, it's usually true. I don't know. I'm wondering how you can get around this kind of a situation in storytelling where if you're telling a story that ought not be true, and even if somebody who's the bad guy is telling that story, it's still true. It's always true. Not always, but most of the time it's true. Um, and there's no way agree. to get around it because otherwise you're giving your reader uh, impertinent information. Well, it's got to have a lot of pieces of the truth. Yeah. Some half-truths or some lies mixed in with it. Sure. And this is what Sephiroth does really well yeah. in Final Fantasy VII when he's talking to Cloud about you were never... I don't want to say it in case someone hasn't like, like... Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go with People this? know what I'm talking about who have played Final Fantasy VII. Then, then I know what you're talking about. Sephiroth... So we, can, we can leave it there. It, the reason he's that like that Saruman works so wise, well can, is because like what he's saying is technically true. Yes. But it leaves out like particular context yeah. that totally flips the situation when you find that out later in the live yes. stream with Tifa. It's like, okay, you get those added bits put in there. And it's like... There you go. When you yeah. see the whole picture, you, you, get to, you, you derive a very different conclusion than when you just hear this part of it, which might be true, but it doesn't give you the whole picture. Right. And I feel she like that's what you have to do to avoid what you're talking out. about. Yeah. Or making it like, oh, the villain, you know, told, what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> told, told you the, the legend. And it's the villain told us the truth. Why, why would the villain even want to do that? But in this case, it actually does make sense. Uh, Dominion knows that it would really get at her knowing the stuff about her father. Right. So, the stuff we learn, this is crazy, is that um, Nikolai discovered that you can implant consciousnesses, I suppose, inside of gears. a gear. But this is likely similar technology to how the Gazelle Ministry have their consciousness uploaded to some yeah, thing, type of a computer. Thing. Yeah, yep. It's like that same kind of like idea except now you can you can put it inside of a gear right or yeah. something else right now i don't know what the connection here is with the wells i read this one i read this several times that they were i i feel like they were kidnapping people to see if they could take out their mind to be able to to get the technology to where it would work like specifically towards the end when we are able to when maria is able to confront Nikolai, I see very similar imagery between, um, what is it, Alzen, Akzen, Akzen, and Redrum, with the way Satan talks about Redrum. Like, there is a little consciousness left, it's not completely gone, it's uh, essentially a monster now, but it used to be a person kind of thing. I get that all from what Dominia is telling me about Nikolai. And so there is some... I feel like in some way that that could be part of why they would kidnap people because they didn't want to do it themselves, right? Because then if it doesn't work, you're dead. But you find certain people and you're able to upload their conscience, but it kind of destroys the mind when you do that. It's it's almost like it becomes a new life form. 
It's like no longer really Nikolai. It's like a new thing. It's a new this thing. This melding of man and machine is like a new life form. Yeah, it's a, so what do they call it? <clears throat> uh, machine, yeah, steel. What is that? Um, yeah. Mind and steel. He said something, something about like that. He said something like that, yeah. Yeah, and so, it, it just changes things a lot, but it, it makes me wonder about the Well, well he also went wells. through the brainwashing process, the Yugen brainwashing yes, process. Yes, they mentioned that. So, the uh, Gazelle Ministry mentioned that. I think what happened is that when Nikolai... Okay, we'll, we'll get there in a second. We've got to get all the way up to that point where they confront them. But um, Dominion goes away. They all gather together. And well, they f- I, have, I have more, though. Oh, sure, go ahead. Because <laughs> this is where it was revealed that Gears are partially alive. Is it, but I wrote this down before I got to the ending. Some Gears are partially alive, have like a person in them, Right. This is what you're talking about, the mind melding with the gear. Yeah, and you can it's the research it that Nikolai was your doing. your consciousness was, goes to another consciousness. Was how to essentially but meld I'm wondering together. if something like that is happening with Veltal as well. Because of the the um, words, what do you say? The, the people saying, oh, the gear is waking up, right? As if the gear has a separate consciousness to the pilot of the gear, right? And this, to me, would be something along the lines of, like... <laughs> like the the former Fey, the former phase consciousness is in the gear, or the you know some level of subconsciousness. So to the it is like the gear consciousness, but it's like mixed with ours. I feel like I get you know something along the lines of that, and that you can uh, potentially put people in them, which is what uh, Nikolai was able to figure out. Um, so I think that's interesting. The the gears are are relics that are that were not made, they were made forever ago, and you, they're just discovered, so they can be manipulated, right, in some way. Um, this is the point, actually, where Dominia says something about, oh, as for Sabzen, what's in the middle of that nerve circuit is dot, dot, dot. Um, and I guess, like, right away, like who that was, like, that, that would be her dad. <laughs> yeah. um, there is a twist on that, but it seemed like it was her father, and she wasn't happy to hear that. Um, but yeah, so that's the info that was stored. So Nikolai sent Maria as well as the information. It would seem that just the gear itself is the information and the nerve circuit that has his, because he put part of his brain onto that nerve circuit. I don't get exactly how this works, but at the time he was making it, he, I guess, was able to upload part of his mind to it, but still maintain it. Yes. I think he knew that something was going to go wrong. Um, that's well, he if he were captured and, go, and he goes through the brainwashing yeah. process and then if his gear ever comes in contact with this one again, it would activate a message to her. Yes. Which is what ends up which happening. Which is what ends up happening. Right. So, um, but the info, I think, was just his whatever, whatever he programmed into that, um, which was partly that message, but I feel like there was other stuff too, right? Is the info of this just that message? That oh, was it? I don't think it was just because they were it's, saying it's like the plans on how to accomplish. Yes, yeah. but I I figured it would just be plans, but it seems like it was like it was like his mind, like he is the plans, and he put his mind onto the ship I to think go away. Like I don't because he has like will. It's not this. just a message. He has will. He can make the thing do things right. All right. So here's what the. Wiki says about Seepson, the gear. Hmm. It was created by Solaris, by master gear designer Nikolai Balthazar, at the horrific cost of hundreds of land dwellers' lives 
including Claudia Balthazar, which would be his wife, I would think. Right, I see. Uh, because part of the gear's neural makeup is comprised of wells, the gear itself has a personality and a degree of autonomy. Nikolai programmed it to escape Solaris and flee to Shavat, carrying young Maria with it. Ever since Maria has used it to defend Shavat from any and all threats to its safety. Hmm. Um, when Shavat is attacked by a brainwashed Nikolai, who had also merged into his next generation gear, Oxen, 18 in German, um, Maria reluctantly rode Siebsen out to confront her father. Nikolai was able to regain control of himself, but couldn't live being trapped in the shell of a gear, so he activated one of Siebsen's dormant weapons, the gravitation cannon. To her horror, Siebsen acted beyond her control right. and fired the cannon on Oxen and completely obliterated it and Nikolai. So he basically set that up as like a contingency to like stop himself uh, based on what he knew would happen when he got captured by Solaris. Gotcha. I mean, so it seems that these gears that. have a, a form of autonomy, like you're saying, a personality of their own to some degree. Yeah. And that that is actually comprised of a neural makeup of, like, wells. Initially or just because of Nikolai? Well, Nikolai killed land dwellers, turning them into wells. Yes, in order to then, make the neural, or is the neural yes. thing native in Gears? I, I would say, at least at this point to my understanding, this is Solaris's attempt to make their own Omni-Gear Right? Oh, sure. To like, through science, create a method to like, link their pilot to the gear directly okay. through a neural connection. Okay, that, and that Nikolai was developing this technology. Okay, cool. So that their gears would be more efficient. There wouldn't be that latency of pilot input, right? It would be it like would just be they just think in the, the gear. It's like the gear is an extension of their brain while they're yeah. piloting it. And they would have gone through the brainwashing, and so there are these completely loyal, brainwashed, perfect brains that are like piloting gears through a neural connection rather than through some kind of physical input. Hmm. If cool. I am wrong about that, contact so, me and you. let me know. <laughs> but I think that's the case. So whether or not Siebsen, the gear itself, was discovered or excavated, or whether it was built from scratch, I'm not sure is entirely like the most relevant point. Okay. The relevant point is that they're, they're, they, Solaris, through Nikolai Balthazar's research, are creating a way for the human mind or the person to be melded or neurally linked to the gear. Okay. And Siebsen and Oxen were kind of like the two successes. Old man Balthazar's gear that fought us down in the caves was like a prototype of Yeah, that. it was a prototype. So but it would just kind of act on its own, right? It yes. didn't seem... Yes. Because Balthazar... Was not piloting it when it fought us. Yeah. I wouldn't think. I don't think so. Uh, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, not really. So let's keep going. <laughs> You go back in, and uh, you're talking to the queen, and then, then Oxen shows up with a force of uh, Solaris gears to attack Shavat while its gate is weak. 
Yeah. So they're they, they're going to target they're the four gate the, generators, the generators, yeah, to take down the gate, and so they can invade it. And so you send four of your party members to defend each gate. Um, kind of a cool little battle sequence there, where you're going between each person as they fight this guy off and fight this guy off. Uh, you protect yeah. the generators, and you come back, and then Octzen uh, activates some kind of like gear jammer. Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, that makes and it so that move. Faye and Ellie or their gears are all of a sudden like totally disabled. They can't yeah. move anymore, and uh, so Maria and Choo Choo uh, go out together to confront Oxen. And she's very so she didn't want to do she it. She didn't want it. She she's knows hesitant. who's in there. She yes. knows that Oxen is part of her father. Um, so Choo Choo decides like. Well, Choo Choo says, I'm going to do it on my own, and then yeah. Maria just kind of follows. Follows her out. She, Maria really likes the Choo Choo peoples, right? Yeah. So she finds them cute, I suppose. So this is where Choo Choo uh, 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 grows to the yes. full Choo Choo stature, the, yeah. the giant I have version. Some, actually, I have <laughs> sorry, I have a few other notes. You I, take a lot of notes that I didn't take with the NPCs. I took a ton of notes that I didn't with take. all of the linear <laughs> stuff. But um, in the meeting, when we're just kind of talking about what oh, to do right. and Oxen is coming to attack, um, Billy, basically, Jesse suggests something. I can't remember what oh, Jesse says. Oh, I remember says. this. And Billy's like, shut up, Dad. Seriously, <laughs> just stop talking. <laughs> and then, and Jesse's just like, all right, all right. Fair enough, whatever. But then he says something. He says, why can't you be more nicer? Do <laughs> yeah. you remember that? Why can't you be more nicer? Why I can't you I be more nicer? That. He does not say that in the Japanese. In the Japanese, he just says, okay, I understand. And then he says, che kawaii kunena, which is, um, which is, man... Well, it, well, okay, so I'll just read what I wrote here because it, it, it's hard for me to translate it. But it's, it's, it could be, ha, huh, real cute talking to him, but it's when you say na at the end, it's you're just talking to yourself. So you could just say, oh, isn't that just cute? Or something talking about your brother or talking about his son. Or it could be something like, um, that wasn't cute at all, was it? Something like that. Yeah. Anyways, it's a different, it's a weirdish line, but it's not, why can't you be more nicer? I actually, in this case, I actually <laughs> like, can you, can't you be more nicer? It, it seems to fit yeah. Jesse's personality to say it wrong like that. To I say mean. something like that. Like, well, that benefits he's Richard kind of like, he's kind of like He's kind of like this cowboy, gruff, yeah. like, um, kind of guy like it, it seems to me to fit jesse to say more nicer even though it's yeah. a technically incorrect sentence obviously. that's funny okay sure but i thought it was funny i, I liked it <laughs> uh but oh, yeah but then choo choo shows up and choo choo i just wanted to make a comment on the way choo choo talks because we haven't had much choo choo exposure up until now yeah uh true. it seems like we're going to be getting a lot more <laughs> well definitely but, yeah <laughs> uh but um so choo choo always says things like chew for you or two or whatever just puts the I word feel chew like, in i feel like they don't they don't commit enough to it it's no, like if you're going to do it's it not you need to enough. do it every single time there is something that rhymes with that that ends with an ooh sound yeah. it needs to well, be chew <laughs> i can explain why he didn't and how what what okay. chew says in japanese okay so you know in japanese there's often the sentence endings that the standard politeness level would be like desu or masu, right? Okay. So desu or masu. That's the common thing people would hear, like uh, dekimasu or sou desu ka? Like desu is the thing there. Well, chu in the um, in the Japanese, chu does not say chu for every su sound in uh. all of the Japanese. Chu only says chu at the end, saying dechu, dechu ka, dechu yatte machu ka, or something like that. He says chu. Mm. Just in the little su at the end of mas, like dekimas, dekimatsu. 
He would just say two. <laughs> he would just, he puts those two. It's That's a cutesy funny. thing. It, a lot of people will, um, I, w- I won't say that this is that common in Japan, but a lot of people will make their endings cutesy. Oh, girls will typically sure. do this. Um, and find a way to make the ending, the mas or des, uh, cutesy in a, in a kind of way. Or... Um, there's ways to make it more slangy, I suppose, too. But uh, Chu is only doing this to the ending verb politeness form indicator. That is yeah. where this Chu is input. It's not necessarily every ooh sound becomes a Chu one way or another, right? Yeah. It's just at the end. So it's only really once per sentence. It's dechu or imachu. So when you're translating it to English, you would only do it for the verb, although, of course, it works different in English. Uh, but you would only do it so often. It, it's not a full commitment thing. It's just whatever makes it sound cute. <laughs> and <laughs> if it doesn't sense. make it sound cute, then don't do it. And it's not every you know time that syllable hits. You know. Yeah, it's it's yeah. just kind of funny because like so it, it it almost feels arbitrary. Like I know why he did it the way he did it. Because like, yeah. how do you take that concept of Japanese and do an English it's, twist? It's it's almost not doable. Because this the, yeah. that whole concept, the whole language concept doesn't even exist. Yeah, because every Japanese sentence will end in a su at some point. That's not necessarily true. Well, even the shita, like this one was a dekimachuta. <laughs> dekimashita is what they say, but he says dekimachuta. Well, so you can sneak that into like every Japanese sentence at the end in the verb form every time, and it doesn't interfere with the whole right. sentence. It just, that's, it's just the ending. And that's impossible to directly translate so no, like yeah, his way of doing that was impossible. to take any sound that rhymes yeah. with chew and why just put don't chew you yeah. yeah so but it's like it, yeah, it, it's, it's okay, it feels arbitrary yes. when and when it doesn't happen yes so it's almost like it, this is so silly and weird why not yes. just fully commit and like literally every time it's every chew. chew want chew go chew the place <laughs> with you know like with just, chew because he's third person yeah just always saying chew all the time but <laughs> Anyways, choo-choo's are funny. Well, I'm glad um, they didn't go that far, honestly. But it is kind of, it does feel a little random. But that's why. Yes. So, it, yeah. choo-choo goes to fight the oxen. And uh, it's Nikolai who, who is like, I love how, how condescending and astronomically <laughs> <Yes>. low intelligence. <laughs> yes, and that's so stuff, good. Stuff so like that. Good. And choo-choo's like, don't be mean to me. Like... <laughs> I'm going to kick your butt across the galaxy, it's which so freaking is exactly what is said in the Japanese, by the it's way. Exactly it's exactly the same it, The way Chu talk, it's possibly more embarrassing to listen <laughs> to Chu talk <laughs> in the in Japanese, Japanese than in the English. It's, yeah, Honeywood did a, did a, a okay. fine job of translating so, that stuff. So um, how, how do you feel about the Chu Chu portion of this scene? I think I think the makers of the game wanted to insert some humor in a stretch that hadn't had any humor for a very long time, and they didn't. Maybe they did know how to do it or didn't. Um, I I don't like it at all. Like I don't like. <laughs> I think it's horrible actually. But we do learn a thing or two about the limiters or something, and we do learn from the Chews some relevant stuff. Um, but yeah, I didn't like it because Chu just runs up and with the power of friendship is able to actually kind of help save the day. Not completely because he ends up Oxid losing. Oxid beating Yeah, but, yeah. but Chu was able to rise and just by believing in herself, himself, is this a girl? I think it's a girl. It's a girl, yeah. Girl, yeah. Okay, just by believing in herself was able to, you know, 
become inflated like a balloon and, and actually, well, you know, do some damage, right? Uh, and and Nikolai does do. mention in the battle, oh, this is this species that, w that was almost lost to yes. like our understanding. Shavat yeah. must be like um, ho holding the last of them. And this one must have had its limiter removed by Wiseman. Ah, uh, yes, he, yeah. And so that's like the that. reason why Choo Choo is able to grow. So Nikolai even knows that though, yeah. which is kind of funny. Because he's, he's like almost doing like data analysis in the middle of battle. He's like, wait a minute, this is species whatever, whatever, like the technical yes. scientific name. Yes, yes. And like, okay, the, oh, these aren't extinct yet? Like, yeah, what the heck? That's crazy. <laughs> I thought they were all gone. This is not like a rain car. Like, what is this thing? And then yeah. like as, he, as he's thinking through it, he's like, ah, like putting it together, Shavat must be keeping them the last of their race or whatever. Yeah. Um, this one must have had its limiter removed. It'll make a really great guinea pig. I'm gonna like take it back and study it. Yes, something like that, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that scientific part of Nikolai's mind is still very much active. <laughs> yes. Like I want to experiment with these things. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I didn't love it because as soon as Chu jumped up and was like, I'll do it, I was like, Chu's gonna do it, huh? Like Chu's really gonna go out there and do this and not die. I love and how she's like rolling like in a ball like away, like <laughs> yeah. bouncing down the hallway. Yeah, it was it was funny. Uh, Chu helped Maria to kind of get the courage. Yeah, the the, the point right. of it is, I that would rather it didn't result in a fight. It would have been better if Chu showed up and was able to talk, talk sense and yes. say, "Hey, we're all gonna die. I'm gonna die. You're gonna die. We're all gonna die if you don't do this." Um, instead of literally, you know, fighting, fighting, and actually, you know, not sucking horribly <laughs> at fighting. Um, but I don't really, I didn't think about it all that much, so I couldn't say, I'm not too upset that it happened the way it happened, but I'm yeah. not a huge fan of it. Okay, um, so this is gonna come around to the, the, the point that I set up much earlier here in this episode, which was to pay attention to the music that plays yeah. when Maria, um, uh, when Maria talks about her father, right? That, that theme. That place, yeah. and there's like three different places. There's when you first go talk to her in the hangar, and she tells you like the backstory of how she escaped and her father was taken by Solaris, and she wants to save him. You can also this is optional, but before you go report the second time mm. to the queen, there's like a, a door on the side, like right next to the throne room, where you can go up to like the top tower, and Maria's up there, and you mm. can talk to her and get some additional dialogue where she kind of is upset that these people are holding her back from going and saving her father from Solaris. She's like mm -hmm. resentful of, the, of Queen Zephyr and others. Mm. Like, I, I have Siebson, like why can't, why won't they let me go? Why will they not let me save my father? And this music plays again there. And then I think it plays even a third time as she's watching. I love how Queen, Queen Zephyr's room is actually just a huge like, it's a bunch of screens. Yeah. Like it's a yeah. bunch of uh, displays that show what's happening outside. Yeah, and so when they see that it's her father and she's like all, Oh no, right? There's another moment there, I think, where that music plays as she's, mm. anytime she reminisces or, or, or is concerned about her father's well-being, this theme plays. Hmm. And then, when Choo Choo fights Oxen, you have a light motif of that theme oh, really? in a more upbeat battle version of it, which is mm. called Flight. The, the, the track is called Flight. Okay. And it uses that musical theme for Choo Choo fighting against Oxen. And I find this to be... Is that a travesty? It's terribly misused. <laughs> is this worse, terribly misused. Is this worse than when Peter Jackson used the Dark Riders theme for when Azog was gonna kill the dwarves at <laughs> yeah, the end of the first that's Hobbit? pretty bad too. That was horrific. <laughs> that he defiled his own work by doing that. That was pretty bad too. Yeah.
Th- that's uh, that's interesting. Um, so he kind of elevates Choo Choo to this level that Choo Choo has no business well, being elevated well, to. Well, the, the, the theme was like this important. cemented yeah. as Maria's you know, relationship with her father. Now we're using this for this really for just silly trivial. moment yeah. where Choo Choo grows and, you know, Depending on how much talking you've done to anybody, it's it's like Choo Choo can like grow into gear. Like what the fetch? I remember the first time I played it, I was just like, "What is happening, dude?" Like I know what is this? What this feels so out of place. It feels wrong. <laughs> it feels horrible. And, and wrong. I think part of what was cementing that for me was this use of this music. Oh yeah. To like have Choo Choo fight against Oxen, and. I remember that and there's another place later in the game where I feel that theme is also again misused. And this was one of the things I criticized about the game in my actual retrospective review that I did back in 2017 or whatever. And it was the thing that people fought back at me the oh, hardest yeah. on was no, the music is not misused and particularly flight is not misused. And I, w- and I remember writing in response to somebody, maybe I can go find the comment, <laughs> if Yasunori Mitsuda, if we yeah. could ask him right now, I guarantee he would mm-hmm. not have um, he would not have wanted that music used in that situation. And lo and behold, we have yeah. an interview with Yasunori oh, really? Mitsuda now, where he talks about flight being no misused way. by Masato Kato, who was one of the event uh, planners, uh, not event planners. Um, Coordinators? The oh, one scripters. person putting the cutscenes sure. together. Yeah. Right? You, you could call him maybe uh, an assistant director or something in that sense, in the film sense, right? And not only Mats, uh, or, or, uh, Yasunori Mitsuda, Mitsuda, not only Mitsuda, but a lot of other team members, yeah. he says, were like, wrong song, don't, don't use, use that, that one there. Yeah. With Choo Choo in particular, don't use that. No. And, and, and I'm going to find the quote. Uh, I'll put it on the screen too. I feel like um, if we had been more privy to Choo Choo's character, if there was more development, because this is clearly a big moment in Choo Choo's story. We know nothing about Choo Choo's story. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not, um, and we know nothing about Choo Choo. Oh, well, gosh, because Choo Choo would have come from Shabbat at some point in Nissan, wherever she was discovered by, um, by Bart's sister. Who's also Maria, isn't she? What's um, Bart's sister's name? Bart's sister, his sister is a cousin named Sorry. Margie. Margie! Yeah. Ah, that's close to Maria. Um, wherever Choo Choo came from, I don't know, but Choo Choo clearly can pull at Maria's heartstrings. So they might have had a connection at some point, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, <clears throat> here it is. So the interviewer asks, were there any tracks that you thought you used that here? And Mitsuda says, flight, flight. He's, he's like, exclamation mark. He's yeah. shouting it. Flight. The music for flight. Mazato Kato, dot, dot, dot. He just had to use it there. He used it in the scene where Choo Choo becomes gigantic, but that important track was not meant to be played there. For me, that scene should have used a different track. If he would have just told me, I would have remixed the Choo Choo theme, right? The, mm. the theme of Choo Choo would have been used where Choo Choo is fighting uh, Oxen. That would make so much more sense, yeah. Not Maria's theme, right, right? with her father. Now, one of the issues is that he, they he only says he, had... He says he used it behind my back. <laughs> I didn't even... He says that it was uh, the only appropriate track, but everyone else working on event planning was also saying, Katsu-san, not this. 
Everyone was holding in their, their temptation to use the track until the very end. And that special track was used on Choo Choo just like that. And now that track is most remembered for that scene too. If we're, if we're ever going to do a remake, I hope I can write a remix of Choo Choo's theme and not use Flight. Wow. So I feel extremely vindicated by that. <laughs> Good work. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just, it, it just feels so wrong. It feels so wrong to use that music there. And yeah. it, it, it contributes to the whole scene's out-of-placeness. Yeah. And having played the game before, I'm obviously not shocked by this happening. Mm -hmm. And reading more uh, dialogue and understanding what limiters are and the choo-choo people and... That's okay, they can grow bigger. But, but I didn't know that. The right. first time I played it, I was like, what the freak is happening right now? <laughs> and they're using this music and it's like, this feels so awkward and weird and yeah. bad. And so I very much dislike the scene. And I agree with you. I think it would have been better had Choo Choo been used as the catalyst to talk sense into Maria. Yeah. Uh, and I get that that was the purpose of it. It was like, right. Maria wasn't going to fight her father, so Choo Choo felt, I have to do something. Yeah. I get it. But that something get it. could have been the a different execution thing. execution sucks. <laughs> yeah. The execution of the scene sucks. It's really yeah. bad. And it's, it, it really, it's it just this extreme swing of tone to like this total opposite extreme over here where it's like, you're right. It's been a long time since we've had someone break yes. some tension. This is not the way to do it. Breaking tension is not, oh, we're in this place where there's a lot of tension. Let's just shatter it and make it the freaking weirdest <laughs> Silliest think, thing in the world. I think we're learning a little <clears throat> bit about, and this would this would probably, well, we're learning a bit more about the director of this game and how I think a first-time director maybe has a very difficult time with pacing of this these types of elements, the comedic elements. When do yeah. you put in comedy and when don't you? Well, we have disagreed on the uses of comedy probably 50% of the time that yeah. this director has chosen to insert them in this game. Um, that's that's pretty high. That's a pretty high incidence of embarrassment where it was supposed to be <laughs> yeah. funny. I don't feel like it's normally that high for well, games like but this. But the other part to consider is that Mitsuda points to Masato Kato here, not to Tetsuya Takahashi. Yeah. There's part of me, and I don't know this, this is complete speculation here. Mm -hmm. There is part of me that thinks that, similar to a film set, mm -hmm. where you have the assistant director go film these scenes Some, on, like on another unit. location, yeah, a, like second a second unit, unit or a third thing. unit, yeah. and you as the director are with this unit filming yeah. these scenes, sometimes those dailies are going to come back and you're going to go, I would have rather done that differently. Right. but. We are on a tight schedule. Right. We can't refund That's that. why you would do a second unit anyways. The director can't yes. do everything. Yeah. So That's true. I know that Xenogears was on a super tight schedule. And this there could have been something, not, the, not exactly the same, but similar mm. to that, where Masato Kato is handling a bunch of the event scenes and Takahashi is handling a bunch of other event scenes and their tones don't necessarily align perfectly when they come together in mm. the whole. And maybe yeah. Takahashi would have said, Let's not do it that way. Let's right. not use that music. Let's not, uh, you know, do it exactly like that. Let's write the dialogue a little bit more seriously here. Let's, because he's not, he and Soria Saga are not, uh, they're very serious people. <laughs> they seem to be. They do seem to be. They're very, very serious people. Yeah. Like, humor is not their strong suit. Right. That's what I think Kato was trying to bring. Well, and that's more or less my point. That, yeah. yeah. They, 
have a hard time with that. And I guess Kato maybe took it upon himself to put that in there. Right. And maybe even um, Soria Saga and what's the guy's name? Tetsuya Takahashi. Tetsuya Takahashi. Um, they wouldn't have agreed, but they would have agreed that we need humor. It's not that yes. they agreed that this was the right humor, but they would have agreed that they need something and you take care of it. Because yes. I'm not good at that. Yes. Yeah, that's probably what happened. Yeah. And, you know. Case closed. Anyways. I don't like this scene. <laughs> yeah, it's a no, horrible I, scene. I, okay, I'll amend that. I don't like this specific part of it. I love everything else about it. You mean the scene with Maria and the whole thing as a whole? Yeah, yeah Maria that's quite well and done. her father and like the whole B-plot yeah, sort of resolving the way it you're saying it was really tense and then the comedic thing swung way too far. Well, it goes right back even more right intense. back the other way. The next part when, like when that. that happens. Yeah, very quickly. Yeah. So typically, if you're going to use comedy, you have your intense scene and it swings back here. Like, here, here's the thing. When Aragorn in The Return of the King is looking towards the paths of the dead and it's calling to him and it's a very dramatic shot and you get the camera pushing in towards the chasm and he's just like, this is... Like, what What do I do? Like, it seems yeah. like we're going to have to uh, confront whatever evil lies here. And then Gimli just, like, runs into him. And he's like, Aragorn, let's find some food. And then they <laughs> leave to go eat food. And then Aragorn takes one more look back at the chasm, at the canyon, yeah. and then leaves, right? Yeah. But but it, the, the tensity of the situation does not, again, approach the drama, the suspense that you felt that first time when he was staring into the yeah, abyss. It's more like so a lingering. It's more just like, thing. hey, there's something there, but we're going to leave it for now because like one of the things that comedy does is what I just did here. It, it'll, it'll, pay attention when people talk in all sorts of situations. If you're ever at a seminar or a lecture or anything like that, as soon as the person says something to break the tensity of the room, everybody will at the same time readjust in their seats as they yes. smile or something like that. It's almost as if the comedy gives you permission to move. You, you didn't have permission to move or to adjust or to move a finger or to make a sound while the tensity was building up. But as soon as it releases, you're like, oh, good, I can move. <laughs> I can reshift in my seat and I can, okay, okay, we're good, we're good. Yeah. And everyone does it when that happens. Yeah. That's what it happens. But if you use this to relieve the tension, everyone shifts and then immediately, oh my gosh, and then you're right back again immediately. Like it's yeah, too like quick. A, yeah. It's too quick. So anyways, if you're, gonna, if you're going to do that, if you're going to lighten the situation, you need to take it into a lighter situation. You can't yeah. then take it back into that same well, situation right the, that people were freaking right out Right in the climactic moment. Like even that example you yes. shared with Aragorn was not a climactic moment of the movie. It was more like an introduction to a new building of, of tension towards a climactic moment where he's going to actually confront the, the exactly the, it allowed the, the army of the dead a right? relax before it continued. Yes, it's, it's exactly. like it's and um, we did a whole podcast on this, like the pacing of uh, like tension or conflict, right? Like you start here and and you want to do these kind of like um, arcs where you're up yes. and down, but the the general direction leads up. Yes, like it a stock, like the stock market. It never it <laughs> never goes back down to the same that we levity at. or lightheartedness or yes. easiness at the beginning. Right. But you do release, and then it you releases. build again. You release, and you build again. You release, and so, it slowly goes up toward the climax of the story. Yeah, technically, so it's like a fractal. If you think of the idea of a fractal, you've got your 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 move. You got this. You got yes. this happening in a fractal. <laughs> 
Uh, but the fractal, you zoom in on the rising action, and you have another one of these. Yes. And then you zoom in on that, and you have another one again. Yeah. And it's like everything is doing the same thing over and over. There's a repetition happening. But the whole of it makes that general shape. But as you zoom in, you see that shape. Like every scene, if you're writing a book, making a movie, making a game, whatever, every scene should have something like this happening in the scene. Yes. Right? Every you should scene. have the yeah. beginning of the scene, this is normal, something happens, and then you resolve from the whatever happened. Now you go to the next scene, make that yep. same thing happen again. And Every you're doing scene. This yes. action building up. All upwards. the way up. What this felt like is we've we've had this we had this do, 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 and then we came up to the yeah we came up to like the peak or near the peak of the scene. And yeah. all of a sudden there's just this gigantic woof woof back up and to then where right it was. Back up. It's yeah. just like whoa it's what was that? Yes. <laughs> it's so off-putting and weird. It's very strange. And, and it, it puts you out of the mood to, to jump back in because then the funny thing with Maria, so as we continue the scene, Midori shows up as well. And yeah. She, and it's like, how, what's up no with her? No one's watching this girl. I know. <laughs> she just walks up there. <laughs> and what? also, Aksen doesn't seem to be he could obliterate them all. He's just kind of chilling. He's he's kind of letting things happen after yeah, he beats that's, you. Yeah, that's a very But then Maria's like, element. I'm going to do this, right? So she runs down, and we watch her. I feel like this was maybe not done so well, but we watch her go the whole way. <laughs> Running down. Take the elevator, go all the way to your gear, get in the gear, yeah. drop out the bottom. Then she shows up, and Oxen's just kind of not moving the whole time, just kind of waiting, right? Waiting for Maria to show up. That's a little bit weird. But once we get there, the situation then becomes very tense. If that was supposed to be funny, that would be the kind of humor watching Maria go down. I don't, it wasn't supposed to be. But that would be, that would have been better just that scene alone than having the issue, the thing with, with Chu yes. happening there. Um, but then when Maria comes back, you're, you're, you're right back where you started. And I think comedies will do this. A comedy will take an intense situation and then make something really well, funny happen yeah. and then put you right back in. Because that's the irony Tropic that makes Thunder it funny. was nothing but that. Yeah. yeah, it was just boom, ha ha, oh my gosh, right back to the intensity. And then it's yeah. funny. But in a drama, but a drama it doesn't work like it that. It shouldn't <laughs> work like that. And it should not do things like that. And if it does, you need to really release the tension and not just jump right back into it. So, so those we've laid out a good enough case to say that this was likely not intended and uh, should not have happened the way that it happened, right? <laughs> well, I don't want to use the word should, but I will say I, f I believe it would have been more effective to not do it like this. To not do it like that. To not use Choo Choo in this way. This is part of the reason that Choo Choo is such a divisive character. There are yeah. people who really hate this character. Well, and others are like, they just actively defend Choo Choo. No, Choo Choo did nothing wrong. Like blah, blah. Choo -choo The reason that there is this kind of... Uh, <clears throat> Disconnect. It, it, I don't think it's just because people are being um, overly harsh or whatever. Yeah. It's because it is a really, really wide swing in tone. That yeah. is that it feels really it feels wrong or out of place to a lot of yeah. people. That's Anyways, like. um, the rest of the scene I like, um, where yeah, she actually good. faces her father, and and. Uh, you know, the Nikolai's consciousness is sort of activated and tells her and explains, you know, yeah. like, I'll always be with you kind of a yeah, thing. Yeah, this shouldn't have happened, but 
Like, and then the, the Seepson, the Seepson acts on its own. She can't yeah, stop it. Yeah, so she, he pre-programmed it to to do that. And that's right? a very traumatic thing. Yeah. I can't do anything to save my father's life as it's obliterated. The right. Seepson destroys the Oxen, saves the day, saves Shavat from invasion, but uh, Nikolai is killed along with the uh, with the gear. Yes, which is which is sad. One of the things that Maria Maria says uh, when she gets into the Seepson, she says, "Sally forth." I think she says this multiple times. Oh, I don't remember that. She goes, Sally Forth is her, like, let's go kind oh. of saying. It's very strange. It's very <laughs> weird. Um, yeah. What is said in Japanese is hasin, hasin, which means launch or takeoff. Oh. Um, I would disagree with uh, translating hasin as Sally, Sally Forth, forth. <laughs> um, in okay. any situation that I find it. But <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there. All right. But then we, we, we get some really good dialogue right after this. This is where... Um, they come back in and, and Queen Zephyr and is like, okay, you know, uh, we really need to do something about Solaris. Big deal. That scene passes and you have a scene with Gaspar, Wiseman, and Queen Zephyr. And yes. I wrote down the dialogue here because this is uh, good stuff. So Gaspar says, I came here to watch over them so that they don't make the same foolish mistakes again. Um, yeah, that's... Um, what do I say about this? The last so, time very foolish mistakes were made that we have reference to in all of Shabbat is the 500-year-ago war. So yeah. Gaspar is concerned about not repeating those same mistakes. But he says them and he yes. and her yes. <laughs> yes. multiple times. In fact, they even call Ellie out by name. <clears throat> They clue us in very much so in just this one scene as to like exactly what, not exactly, but close to what has been going on. I have one big question though. Okay. When does this scene take place? I think it's after, it, it happens after your meeting with Queen Zephyr after defending Shabbat. Okay, we're in Shabbat. Ellie's with us, right? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, she because was. they mention her directly. Yes, but I'm confused. Shabbat's in the air, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> So, so this, this joker comes in, this guard guy, he shows up, and he says, Whoa, queen, queen, the, the, the gear moved, the Omni gear moved, the Omni gear underground. Oh, because they say underground. I see what you're saying. when Ellie came near it, as if um, this was a thing that was just now happening right now, I have to tell you. Does, do they say underground in Japanese, do you know? If that's the word they use? Because no. I, I could no. see this, I could see this oh being my gosh, um, I just looked at buried in Shavat somehow or something like that, uh, right? It just says nearby. Yes. Yeah. Chikaku, now, Chikaku now, okay. There's a couple. There's a couple of things here. I don't know if Shavat is currently. No, no, it is. It's in the sky right now. Because when you go and get on the Yggdrasil, they've you're they've, up. You're up. Yeah, yeah. They, they've um, modified it so it can fly now, which is very yes, awesome. which is pretty. So sweet. they are up in the air. So they use the word nearby, not underground. Yes, in the Japanese, it's just Chikakuni, which yeah. means Yeah. So nearby. don't don't put too much stock into the word underground. Okay. Okay. I did it first, and then I missed it when I looked into the Japanese <laughs> yeah. here. Um, but yeah, specifically, Ellie went near a gear and did the gears react. The Omni the gears gear. Moving. The Omni, Omni gear, gear in particular moved yes. when, when she went by. When yeah. she goes by, right? Yeah. So, right. That's interesting. Um, and then, yeah, I came to monitor them to keep them from making the same, same mistakes. Same mistakes. Right? That's what Gasper says, yeah. Yes. Gaspar. So, this is the first time we've seen Gasper, right? Yes. He's been monitoring us? Apparently, yes. That's interesting to know. 
or, or at least he came here from wherever he was before. Either I came way, here to watch over them. Either way, he's been around, and we haven't seen him, but he's seen us, and he's purposely watching us, right? I think so. I, I, I have I, been doing either, that. Either either he's doing that now. He's come here now to do that, okay, fair or enough. he has been doing it the whole time, fair and enough. we just haven't seen him. Well, I'm more concerned about Wiseman, what he says. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll keep going. Oh no, the deer, the gear started, and then Zephyr says, "Oh, um, yeah, just buddy." As I, just as I mentioned, yes. Oh, it is as I suspected with Ellie. They, just yes. as I suspected with Ellie and with the Omni Gear being somehow connected. Yeah. So then Wiseman says naturally. Um, it did not disappear with the daughter, or with the, sorry, um, with the woman. Sorry, I have the Japanese thing pulled up. I don't have the English. You, says, you read it in English. Actually, I was wondering about this because it yes, says it's a, matter, it's a matter of course. Yes. Well, uh, um, I don't know if he's saying it's a matter of importance, of course, or if he's saying it's a matter of course. Meaning, well, I took that to mean that it's a natural yeah. thing. Whatever's happening here, it's only natural. It's, right? a, it's a matter of course. But the girl doesn't intend to write it, just like her. Yes. She knows it sub or she knows it unconsciously, the existence within her. Yes. So he says, like her. So like her. Okay, whatever. So so Sophia Sophia is in Ellie somehow. Right? Yes. That's what I've gathered. Yes. Sophia resonates with Ellie in some weird way. And Faye resonates with Sophia for some weird reason, and Faye resonates with um, Ellie for probably the same reason. And then Ellie has a past, and Faye has a past, and whatever. Uh, this is the first time that I've come to a different conclusion about things um, than I had previously. But um, so Sophia did not also want to write in the gears. It seems right. So Ellie, like Sophia, doesn't want to write in the gears, but. Doesn't um, intend to, yeah. Doesn't intend to ride in the gears. Same thing with Faye. Um, but she knows that, Ellie knows subconsciously that Sophie, Sophia is there uh, somehow inside of herself, but not really. It's not to the forefront, but it's probably in a, in a similar way that Faye knows that something weird is happening in his underground Whenever we try to get into the weeds on particulars of what these sentences are saying, I always become hesitant because I, know, I, know. I almost want to know what it says in Japanese first because it could be mistranslated. <laughs> <laughs> now, this thing in Japanese, naturally, the daughter does not try to get rid of it. Her, just like her, the one, the other her. Yeah. Um, I, she knows it, she knows it unconsciously, what the existence is inherent in herself. What the existence is inherent yes. in herself? Yes. See, that's she very different. She subconsciously knows the existence that exists within her self. That's different. That's well, a, read, that, gives me a different, that gives me a different impression than this. Uh, it's a matter of course, but the girl doesn't intend to write it just like her. She knows it unconsciously, the existence within her. I could see that being, she knows... There's two separate sentences. She knows Japanese. about something about that gear about that writing makes her the gear. not want to intend yeah. on writing in it. This or, is more or direct with Or she knows it unconsciously, the existence within her. I think if that had been combined into one sentence, we would have known that what she knows unconsciously is this existence within her, which yeah. is what that appears this to be saying. This is saying, talking about the existence, not just the... Something about the gear the that gear I know unconsciously I, I should be wary about. I don't about. want to ride the gear, yeah. Right. Yeah. 
So I don't think so. it's that that she knows unconsciously. She has some unconscious feeling or intuition or knowledge about some other existence in her. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So then Zephyr says, oh, also, oh, Ellie, just like, just like her, right? Yeah. Um, Sophia was the same, question mark. Yeah, right? she was the same as Sophia, So. And then Wiseman says nothing in response. Wiseman won't talk and Zephyr apologizes. Yeah. What Wiseman says is different though. Read the English real quick. No, I don't mind. I'm not him. Okay. Um, so she apologizes and he says, no, it's okay in the English. But in the Japanese, he apologizes back to her. <laughs> oh. Because I think she's, well, she's well, the queen, She's right? like the queen. Yeah. So she says, I'm sorry, which was just sumimasen, which means excuse me. It's not yeah. really apologizing, you know. <laughs> That's it's one just thing a light. I've, I've been saying I've been reading Shogun, right? I'm getting to the end of it. Yeah. That, that they do it all the time. Please excuse me. Yes. It almost feels like a, a formality yes. in uh, this excessive politeness yeah, exactly, that, that they exactly. have in yeah. their language, right? It's so not, if, if someone it's not says, a sorry, sincere... No, no, please excuse me. Yes, I'm the sense. one who's at fault. Yeah. It's like the polite, yes. um, for, formal way of like, you know, talking to each other or whatever. So he says, yeah, kamaimasen, which is like, no, you know, I'm sorry. In a more actually sorry sense, not just the excuse yeah. me kind of thing. Um, but he says, I am not he himself. I am not the person themselves, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, this is the one line that I was really kind of struggling with because I'm like, so... <laughs> I don't so, blame you, man. <laughs> because it's like, sorry, no, don't apologize. I'm the one who should be sorry. Is it, I'm sorry because I'm not him or I am sorry no, that you can't talk you, about this in front of him or I'm yes. sorry. Okay. Well, I understand that, in, okay. but also... I under I, I'm no I'm sorry for telling you to not say this stuff. Were I him, then I'd be upset at you. Right? <laughs> okay. There's like I'll three separate way. scenarios. I'll put it this way. Um, Zephyr here is being um, conscious and careful about how she refers to her mm -hmm. in front of Wiseman. And she said and a word. And Wiseman is saying you don't need openly. to be that careful about it. I'm not him. Sure. That, fair enough. That Him makes sense. So would that makes have more been sense. More that makes it perfect. Upset. Yes. By the way, by mentioning her, her. But I'm not him, so don't worry about it. But the fact yes. that she is so she not knows quite to be sure about careful. who him, whether yeah. <laughs> he's him or not. Yeah. yeah. Well, and this is one of the weird things. So she's been on for 522 years. This game is so confusing. She should know certain <laughs> things that she appears to not know. She she. She's, she was literally the same alive, sentient, conscious God, person during that time. And she does not recognize people. She, there she, is anyways. a good reason for why she might be confused on this point. Okay, fair enough. That hopefully we will understand by the end of the, <laughs> the game. <laughs> hopefully. If I've been okay. good enough about building the context yeah. <laughs> in the discussion. But okay. her not being so sure about Wiseman's relationship to him makes sense when you know who Wiseman is. Okay, fair enough. When the mask is unveiled later, right? Okay. Because we've only seen Wiseman with a mask on so far. Yes. Right? Oh gosh, so it'll make sense later. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. Then we have... And then Gasper says, um, I'm gonna go take, uh, take a look at their limiters, right? 
Yes. And so he removes the limiters from the party, yes. and this allows you to unlock the last of your death blows, which now, is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> what did you think about the way that that was done? From the end of that cutscene until the start of the next cutscene. Oh, oh, because they have just the text on the black, Is right? this disc two stuff? Yeah, it's, it's, Is it's, this it's, disc um, two? Like, it, does it start now? I don't know if, um, if this was a result of we're low on time and we can't make mm -hmm. those scenes, or if this was how they handled a passage of time before, and he was like, we'll just do that on disc two. Like, I don't know, chicken or egg scenario. So which here. one? Yeah, which one? <laughs> I could see okay. it being that it was like, this stuff that they're explaining with the text is not necessary for us to play. No. So let's just, and let's just do a little, a uh, couple paragraphs that explain this passage of time and now we're on our way. And then when the disc two fiasco kind of happened, he was like, I just have to do that. Over and over. For the whole rest of the game. For the whole game. <laughs> It, but, it made but me yes, feel, it yes, felt kind of funny. That's kind of where it's going. Now, throughout disc two, does Choo Choo <laughs> continue to bogart the story like this and kind of take over and start to tell her own story? No, I don't think Choo Choo does. Okay. I was hoping of, this wouldn't be a thing that I would just think, keep happening. I don't think Choo Choo does any of the talking or narrating of disc okay, two, good. if I oh remember gosh. correctly. It's mostly Faye and Ellie and Saiten and. Because that's I don't just, think it's true. Time. At least okay. I don't remember that. If it, okay. if it, if, it, if it, there could be a good reason, I don't. Maybe I purged it from my memory, but <laughs> I don't believe so. Because <laughs> they're like, okay, and then and then thus Faye got his limiters removed. It does feel and funny. Behold, like that. the time has passed, <laughs> and then choose like, and there was much dancing and partying, <laughs> and what? This is an important part of the yeah, story. Yeah, she's like <laughs> their dangerous night. The choo choo's like dangerous yes. night or something like that. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, but then they say, oh, but I digress. This story's not about choo-choos. It's about the hero. Okay, back to that. And then sure that that's happen. when you go get into the, my favorite part of almost any JRPG, when you get your airship for the first time. Yes, it's always so cool. Because you immediately start going back to all the places you've been yep, to before. It's like, oh, yeah, let's fly over there. Oh, yeah. It opens the whole map up. Yeah, I, <laughs> and love, I love the music. Although the controls and, uh, were different, though. Um, yeah, you have to I, hold, it took like, me a minute. I was like, triangle to move forward yeah, I was or something. Like, what the heck? What, how do I move this thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it so was you have to hold triangle, and then I think it's uh, it goes the pretty fast. up and down. Yeah. yeah, you start going, and it's like, you're yeah, and, and they, right they really do capture the sense of weight of the Yggdrasil. It's not like um, oh, it's Final like Fantasy airships, which can really on a turn yeah. very quickly. And, yeah. and it's this, it's kind of like, ooh, there's like a heavy weight to it, so it takes a minute to like reorient when you're turning and yeah, up and down. Cool. It, it gives, uh, they do a good job of giving the Yggdrasil a real heavy sense of weight mm. while you're flying it. Um, and I just love that moment. I love that moment of, I have the airship now, I can go anywhere. Let me fly around and look at all the old places. Let me see if there's anywhere I haven't found yet. Like if there's any locations yes, exactly, that yeah. I couldn't have gotten to before. Um, a real sense of adventure and freedom and the world's opening mm -hmm. up to you. I yeah, always I love, love that it. moment. And always I miss it. it. I really miss it in a lot of uh, modern uh, RPGs that don't have world maps constructed yeah. like this and don't have the ability to fly literally anywhere in the world. Mm. I, I wish it would come back more. Me too, me too. Um, <clears throat> but in any case... The mini people on a big map. That's, yeah. 
That's where we stopped for this Well, week. I have some things, though, because I did want to run this by you real quick. About the limiters specifically, these are some of my notes that I put on, and you don't even have to answer the question. These are just the questions I have as I play the game. Okay. <laughs> so, first, when I first heard the word limiter, I was like, oh my gosh. So I started typing some notes. Limiters, like an artificial thing that limits the potential of something. Chew had a limiter removed. Do the lambs have limiter limiters? Is that why the Solarians think that they're better than the lambs? Is because while they may look the same, the lambs have an artificial genetic limiter put on them. Um, and yep. then, and wise men, wise men, plural, were the ones who removed limiters. They're the ones who go up and remove limiters from people. And then at the very bottom, I put down, was this limiter innate within the human peoples or is it specifically inserted into some of the people on purpose? I that think, one, that one, I'll wait to answer. Okay, well, but yes, the lambs have limiters. I have a whole question. Okay, that makes <clears throat> sense. That makes sense. I think if Wiseman can insert a limit or can take out limiters, he can also insert limiters. Wiseman being the person who brought us to Lehan in the first place. Yes. So that's where this next note comes from. I think Wiseman inserted a limiter into Faye on purpose. He then removes a part of the genetic limiter that he inserted himself during this this part we're talking about. That's why Faye can't remember his past because the limiter, the Wiseman mentions only removing a portion of the limiter, not all of it. All of it would allow Faye to access his memories. That's what I think is happening. Maybe what keeps Faye and Ellie's memories from being remembered is a limiter that's put there. And then this is my last line. Don't even, I'm not even gonna look at you while I say this. <laughs> okay. I'm just gonna not want to know, but this is what I'm thinking. Maybe. Faye and Ellie are also 500 years old, like, Zeph like Zephyr, maybe. Okay, not Kay. looking at Mike, so. So we'll learn Kay. the answers to all that last one later. Like, I, I don't want to say anything about any of that stuff Good. at the end, that, that last note you did. That's all stuff we'll get later. Not looking at you. <laughs> well, good, because we're done anyways, so <laughs> thanks everybody for watching this podcast. We appreciate you. Um, and we'll be back again next week. Um, it's been really hard to determine where we should play up to next time. So once again, I'll put it in the All pinned right. comment. I want to try to get a little further. I'd like to try to get to more of that, that like 75% range. Like we're about 75%, three quarters of the way through the game. Nice, but good. that might be too much to cover in one episode. But I'll see. I will let you know in the comment. Pinned comment. Check the pinned comment. You'll know where to play to next time. Till then, peace out. Have a great week. See you next time.